Hello, I'm Livy, and welcome to my very first podcast with Livy. Each week, I sit down with my incredible guests to find out about their journey of growing their personal brands online, exploring their human design, some of the challenges and standout moments that define who they've become today. I've honestly loved sitting down with each guest and have learned so much. I leave each episode just feeling full of ideas, inspiration, and motivation. I really hope you enjoy listening to this first series. Here's a snippet of what's to come. Don't get carried away with perfectionism because that's going to control your creative process and it's going to like impact how much impact you can have. For me, it's really supporting women to see themselves, like really see themselves and really allow that you know, truth and expression to come through because that impacts you know, who we are in our business. There's a power in, I think, keeping things niche. Something that might seem really niche, especially in today's world, like that has the power often to cut through the noise. You know, if you can nurture a small community of people, you can make a very successful business. The number one is like you, like the real you. And the more like unfiltered and expressive and maybe even polarizing you are, like the better, because uh, you're not for everyone and you don't want to be, trust me. Having and running a business and a brand is the most powerful personal development program you could ever put yourself on because it shines the light on all your shadows. It was literally like alchemy. I was able to transform my shame into healing, into vulnerability, into sales. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week's guest is confidence coach Charlie Savage. She's a 6-2 ego projector. Charlie specializes in helping individuals overcome anxiety and build their confidence and self-worth. She uses techniques like MBIT, multiple brain integration technique, NLP, neurolinguistic programming, and positive psychology in her work. By applying neuroscience to coaching, she helps women break free of old patterns and start to manifest with ease. I love chatting to Charlie. You can tell she's a projector who has just followed her curiosity in terms of the things that she enjoys and loves learning about. Highlights of the episode include how to access your heart, mind and gut intelligence, why we experience imposter syndrome and how to overcome it, what reprogramming your subconscious is and why journaling and affirmations can really help with manifestation. We also cover money mindset and feeling worthy of abundance and the power of visualization. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, welcome to the podcast, Charlie. So good to have you here. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Let us know what you do and um, share your human design with us. So I'm Charlie, I'm a confidence coach, and I work with creatives mainly in helping them to gain new levels of confidence so that, you know, you can really reignite your motivation and unlock your next level in business or career. Um, And yeah, I am an ego projector, 6'2 ego projector. So been finding out a lot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And how did we, I'm just trying to think when we first connected, it was like good few years ago now. It was. It was during lockdown. It was the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, I remember because I, well, hopefully won't go too much into the backstory, but I just moved in with my boyfriend and we'd done the whole, like, shall we do lockdown together? Because we'd only just met really on like like, the last few months. We're like, should we do it? Should we not? And I was living with him and I found you on Instagram, I think, because you'd been on another, done something for another person that I follow. Yeah. 
And I remember just like sitting on my sofa with a glass of wine, like waiting for this chat with you. <laughs> Amazing. And how did it That's go? I, see, I think you're still together now, aren't you? We are. Yeah, we are. We have two dogs. <laughs> so yeah, it's going well. <laughs> cool. So do you want to share with us, um, yeah, sharing some defining moments in getting to where you are now? So take us back and let us know how you came to be a confidence coach. Okay. So I, I've had um, a bit of a random like career, really. I've done so many different things, which I think really speaks to the 6-2 part of my profile. Um, you know, I, I've been an actress, wanted to try and make that work. And then I've been project management, I've been in finance. And this whole driving theme was like trying to have some sort of control over what I did with my life but never really like not having something work to the levels that I was making me feel like I had a sense of purpose. And I ended up falling into working an office job in finance and it gave me everything like the comfort zone needed, like security, people that I liked, money. Um, but I just was so unfulfilled mm. and it all kind of, and I hadn't really got involved in much self-development work then. So there was a lot of um, feelings there that I didn't really know how to process or really understand at the time around like what to do with my life and also why I was feeling so at a loss, really. Um, knowing that there was like knowing that there was something more for me, wanting to find that thing, but like having absolutely no idea how to do it. I was like, sure, I just don't want to be stuck in an office job the rest of my life. Like, I want to be able to thrive or feel like, you know, you've got that sense of expansion and moving forward to something that you love. Um, so I, it, it, the whole coaching thing kind of came about because of my own self-development journey. I moved from reading all the things, like reading all the self-help books and really enjoying it to thinking, oh, I'd quite like to study this myself. And I actually went and did a diploma at uh, a uni in London, but online in positive psychology. And it was a very practical. So it was all about the kind of science behind what's happening with psychology at the moment with regards to forward focus. So a lot of psychology looks at what's wrong with people and the issues that they have. And positive psychology sort of focuses on, okay, well, how do we, how do we help people thrive? How do we get them to really you know, if you're not looking at what's wrong, if you're looking forward, how do we move people forward? And, and that, that's where that positive side of things came. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. And part of that was um, coaching psychology as well. And even though I didn't train in coaching with that diploma, we had to practice coaching and uh, we had some supervision sessions. And in one of those supervision sessions, uh, the teacher or lecturer spoke about this thing called MBIT, which um, is called multiple brain integration technique. It sounds super scientific, but essentially what it was is she was saying, there's loads of research now that's coming around about heart intelligence, gut intelligence, how when you align the three, it's how you find your sense of alignment, you can get into your intuitive wisdom. And there was something that just sort of clicked for me. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Like the geek in me was like, my God, that's so cool. So I ended up going and doing a training course on that and um, kind of qualifying as an MBIT coach. And it just sort of went from there, like all these things sort of fell into place. And I was really following 
rather than thinking I'm, I'm going to be a coach, I was sort of following what was making me feel good um, and following the kind of, it, I don't know, geek side that was like, I really want to find out more about this stuff and it's really interesting and, and that kind of thing. And then after that, that led into me training in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, because that uh, MBIT comes off NLP. So some of the big NLP kind of teachers and that stuff um, were the ones that developed MBIT. So they go really well into each other. And I'd also been on a therapy journey myself. I'd, um, you know, when I was feeling lost and all that sort of stuff, I was like, I need to speak to someone about this. So I went to a therapist and I always felt like it didn't go deep enough for me. And I'm sure everyone has different experiences, but I didn't want to just chat at someone that was nodding at me. I wanted to kind of dive deeper. And I really felt like these modalities helped you to go inwards to really learn about how we have this intuitive wisdom, how we do have a body that is communicating with us all the time. And I, I just think that most of the time we've forgotten, we've forgotten that there is that connection there and what it feels like. We don't know what our intuitive nudges are. We don't know how to trust them. And I just, it just kind of went from there really. I, it all spiraled onto each other. And then I started getting some test clients and playing around with things. And yeah, here I am now. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> I love yeah when you kind of speak to the nerd part in you because I like I really I relate to that like myself and I think I, I think maybe it's like a projector thing of just really deep mm. into the thing that you're curious about and like learn and study and you see that a lot with like projector clients of just following the thing that you want to like yeah dive into so yeah it sounds so cool so what do you um did you go to university did you had you study I did so I this was my um acting day so I went to uni and studied film and theatre and I went to drama school um for two years and I really wanted to be an actress and yeah sort of be on stage and all that stuff um and this was before this was literally before I think Instagram I think Instagram wasn't really out yet or wasn't really a big thing. So you couldn't utilize social media like you can now. Um, and it was really tough. What I found hard is it's an industry or was back then. I don't know so much about it now, but back then it felt like it was full of people that didn't want to or weren't interested in having like a deeper, genuine connection. And it was a lot of pretending to have to, like pretending to be another person. And there was such a disconnect for me because I find it really hard to be kind of on all the time in a way that's like, hi, how are you? Oh my God, like nice to meet you sort of thing. And I found it really, really difficult kind of going out in the industry and having to audition and it being so like in, out, in, out and all these people doing the same thing. And they're not like enough of a, a connection with the people that you were really meeting or auditioning for. Um, and I felt like my career was really in other people's hands, not mine. And um, it was, you know, on the whim of some, someone can be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to cast her. Or, oh, yeah, I'm not. And it really felt like I couldn't move forward in the way that I wanted to, that the decision wasn't mine. So I kind of, yeah, decided to take a step back from that. So I wanted to find something where I could move myself forward in a way that felt good for me. Love that. And so what did you learn, like having learned about like pop? mind you know gut intelligence 
what are some of the ways in which you tap into that yourself in having navigated everything that you have to get to where you are now and even just like day to day now yeah so it took me a really long time to um open this up for myself Mm. and I was finding that I was able to help other people unlock theirs um easier than I was finding it to find my own um and it was actually not too long ago that I found the key that was like the thing that really opens up my heart and I know because we've done my session together and it was music because there's so much you know there's so much stuff out there that you can do like gratitude lists or tapping or hypnotherapy like all these different things that you can do that help you go into your subconscious and some of them worked for me some of them didn't but I was still looking for that one thing that like really opened up my heart to the point that I was learning is is you know available to you and there was I was just playing around with another MBIT coach practicing and I had a a music Spotify, Spotify playlist I was like can you just put this on whilst we're doing this coaching thing I want to see what happens and it was like it was like the gates opened like adding in music to someone taking me through a coaching session taking me through a visualization connected to my heart in a way that I'd never experienced before so I think the important thing is trying not to get bogged down with what everyone is saying works listen to what is available to being out there try things out but get curious about what actually works for you and don't worry about the things that don't because you'll find you'll find the one thing that kind of gives you that heart connection or touches you into that deeper gut kind of intelligence and knowing like how your body is nudging you. And it might be that you get a felt sense. It might be that you maybe when you're meditating or you close your eyes for a few minutes, you get like a picture come to mind and it's something that then nudges your mind to be like, oh, I know what that means. It's different for everyone. The key is just to get curious about how it works for you. And then when you know or start to kind of get the idea, like play with it, expand it, get curious and just try to build up the trust that, you know, that intelligence is there for you to tap into and build up the trust in the nudges. So what would, so say, for example, um, like if you're thinking about like real life situations that you're trying to navigate personally, and I guess like being in the wellbeing or the coaching industry, you often, well, at least I know I have experienced this before, like imposter syndrome, for example. How do we, well, why, why do we experience it and how, how do we overcome it when we are trying to reach our next level? Or Because I, I often find that when, like, as, as my brand grows, I just want to contract and run away and hide in the corner for a little bit. Yeah. So, um, but I noticed it's this pattern, right, that keeps happening. It's just like, okay, I'll have like maybe I'll do a big launch and then I'll just want to retract and hide. And it's not because I'm burnt out. Um, it's just this feeling of like, can I really manage it? Like, can I hold it all? Um, who am I to, you know, put myself out there? And um, I'd love to hear more about like what's sort of going on there. There's an element of you not being used to that next level, that your your body, your, their whole experience of it is new to you. So obviously there's this element of like, oh, the nerves, the kind of excitement, the fear, like all these new feelings to experience. I, I kind of compare it to like 
the acting when I was on stage and it's the first night that you're about to go on and you kind of are behind backstage and you know that there's an audience out there you have to go on like you can't not go on but the nerves of like before you before you're about to go out there it's like it's really scary because it's the first night people there they're going to be judging you and oh my god and then suddenly you go out and it starts and the flow happens and you knew you could do it because you'd learned the lines you've done the rehearsal and it all goes really well and you handled it at the end you're like ah. but um I generally find that if you have got those sort of feelings coming up and what I've noticed is that it the common themes it sort of comes down to is uh, do I feel worthy of what I desire and can I trust myself to achieve what I want and all the fears sort of feed into that fear of failure it's again like a worthiness piece really um, and sometimes there's an element of like am I am I worthy of love as well which is like a general theme that comes up and all of that stuff that kind of sits there is deeper in the subconscious layers I'm sure you've seen images before of like the um icebergs when you have the bit at the top which is well conscious mind that we're really conscious of day to day and then you have the main part of the iceberg which is underneath the water that you don't see all the time I so really recently came across across that yeah so as you know with with an iceberg you only see a part of it above water the larger part normally is underneath the water and you don't see that. So like the, sub, the conscious and unconscious or subconscious mind are, is, is like that really. Think of it like you have a, your brain as this, this big computer, like from your whole life, it's taking on board all your memories and experiences and emotions. And your brain needs to process that stuff because you don't need all that information all the time. So it files away in your unconscious, all the bits and bobs that you don't need it, or it might file away the kind of, horrible experiences that you had over the years but they're all there somewhere they sit deeper within the subconscious but when we're younger especially we form belief belief systems out of these experiences and that can be you know it might be that you were bullied at school and there was another girl that said you were ugly or spotty and it upset you at the time and maybe perhaps you didn't tell your mum about it and you just what held it all in because you're embarrassed to say that another girl had called you spotty and that kind of sits in your emotional center and perhaps you didn't know how to express that you're upset about it and it sits in your belief system as I'm ugly I'm not worthy I'm not as good as and it, it probably at the time you're not thinking that that's what you're doing but that's kind of how it forms in the subconscious and these belief systems can kind of carry on with us as we get older and I know that a lot of people talk about you know trauma and you can have really major trauma but you can also just have a really tiny experience that is still considered a trauma for example from my own personal experiences my father's diabetic and over the years I witnessed him have um, some really bad hypos as a child ambulances having to come he hit his head and there was bleed like blood everywhere and this sort of stuff it wasn't that something bad had specifically happened to me. It's just that I had experienced something within my familiar, like fam family path, family unit, sorry, that had caused me panic and fear. And 
not knowing how to handle that, I sort of didn't really say anything about it, didn't express at the time. I didn't know how to as a child that like I was frightened by this and how it played out for me in my adult life was don't ever be vulnerable. Don't ever put yourself in a situation where you're vulnerable, like just move forward. Don't let your heart kind of be open. Just get on with it. Practical. I can handle things, blah, blah, blah. How do you, you know that now, but did you not know that before? For example, you said how it played out. What, because as far as I understand it, your subconscious, you're not necessarily, like if it's subconscious, you're not necessarily aware of it, right? Yeah, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Okay, so you have to do some sort of practice to bring it to the surface to make it conscious. Yeah, what the what I was noticing, it's a really tricky one because... There has to be a moment in time when you're so fed up with the patterns that are playing or not achieving something or still feeling like you're annoyed at yourself or something isn't working. There has to be that moment for you to be like, I don't want to be like this anymore. Because, yeah, finding the first step to shifting a block is the awareness part. Then there's like, well, how do I get the awareness? And it can almost be like a chicken and an egg thing. But... um, that's probably the hardest part is you becoming aware of how you're triggered and how things are playing out which is why things like journaling are quite good if you can encourage yourself to journal when you have an anxious moment when you have an overwhelmed moment when you have a moment of um saying something mean to yourself or feeling like you can't do something or it's all too much if you haven't done any self-work self-development work yet you need to try and build up that awareness. And so taking that moment to be like, just literally scribbling everything out that you're feeling doesn't need to be in any way, done in any way, just write out what you're feeling, thinking, what happened, what you were doing, why you're annoyed, try and get it all out onto paper and come back to it later and see if you can notice any themes that come up. Because when you notice the themes, it might be that you're like, every time I am in this situation, I always panic and assume that I'm not good enough. So what's going on here? And then the more that you become aware of how you're triggered is when you can start looking into, okay, so what's the trigger? What am I thinking here? And pull it, pulling back the layers. Ultimately, doing the, the subconscious kind of reprogramming work is what's going to help you change it. And what I mean by that is um, we have all all these thoughts day to day. Our neurons, when we're thinking thoughts, fire together to form a little pathway, essentially. The more that you think a thought, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, this pathway sort of becomes fused together and it's easier for your brain to then go down that pathway because your brain wants everything to be easy, essentially. So if you keep thinking, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, it's like a pattern is formed. So to undo that, you need to go into the subconscious, go into that deeper layer of yourself to kind of unpattern that pathway, which can be done. I don't know if you've ever heard Joe Dispenza say, neurons that fire together, wire together. Um, And you can undo the the wiring by training yourself to think about different thoughts or more empowering thoughts which is where the idea of affirmations comes from so the idea of doing affirmations is so that you can rewire and create pathways that are 
that it's easier for the brain to to essentially believe in that you are capable of doing a certain thing, right? Yes, definitely. But I always say that affirmations are like the icing on top of the cake. Um, you want to be guided to a, a deeper place with, with slightly deeper work first. So things like hypnotherapy or meditation, visualization, coaching, because if you're your, your unconscious is not feeling safe or not feeling worthy mm-hmm. and you haven't done the work around where that comes from first yeah. and suddenly you're saying to yourself I'm worthy I can do this I'm empowered but actually everything within you is going that's a lie um, it, there's going to be like a, a disconnect and it won't be as effective mm-hmm. so I generally will um have affirmations when working with clients affirmations will come out at the end so once we've kind of guided you to calm everything down and touch into your subconscious yes and when we've started doing a bit of work around you know where is this sense of not feeling worthy coming from Mm -hmm. and guiding to explore that when you start to a lot a lot of the time it's reparenting work that's needed right so if it was your 12-year-old self that got told she was ugly, that is feeding into you not feeling worthy now, and you had no idea about it. And through guiding you into your subconscious, you get an image of your 12-year-old self. And you're like, oh, I'm seeing her. I'm getting a sense that she needs to be told that she's worthy. So just through doing visualization work, the adult you can guide your 12-year-old self and let her know that she can release whatever she was feeling then, that she is worthy, she is lovable, and kind of integrate that back into who you are now. And it sounds, I always think it sounds a bit woo, but the work is so powerful. Um, so it's is that the rewiring process. Yeah. So like you're so it's it's part of it, yeah. So guiding you to release the thing that was holding you back, guiding you to release the not feeling worthy and um gifting that part of you what she needed in that moment to feel whole and complete because your subconscious doesn't know the difference between what you're looking at right this second like I'm looking at you my eyes can see you but when I close my eyes and I imagine um a teenage me or I imagine a dog my subconscious takes that as real it doesn't know that I'm imagining it. It's going to take it as a real image. How do they know that? Like, how do they work that out? It's crazy, isn't it? So that's why visualization is really powerful because you're, you're basically creating new images in your mind, but more powerful images um, that serve you better and allow you to integrate any sticky emotions that might have been holding you back or blocking you. Um, and by creating an image, an empowered image in your mind, it's basically telling your subconscious, it's like feeding your subconscious something different. And that helps to then rewire what's going on down there. And you can put in feelings of trust, put in feelings of worthiness. Right. So say you're having like money, people talk about like money mindset issues, for example, process of um, rewiring um, those subconscious beliefs. Are they beliefs? Yeah. yeah. Would be essentially identify having to to go into a state where you can retrieve the memories that you have or a memory that you have around money essentially become aware of the belief that you have that's 
creating patterns in your life. I was just going to say it's it's not it doesn't always have to be a memory though. Right. It could just be it could just be a stuck emotion. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, when you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Like some people say, oh, I feel really I feel really blocked. It could be my throat feels blocked. Mm. It's like or I've it's like I every time I go to speak, I can feel a tennis ball there. And that you don't necessarily have to have a memory attached to something blocking your throat, but through working, um, it's called submodalities in the NLP world, you can ask about what's that ball like? Tell me what it's like. Is it big? Is it small? What color is it? Is it sticky? What happens if you take it out of your throat? What does it feel like now? Do you feel like you can take it out? Like, so you play around with like the sensations, getting, um, guiding people to kind of see what happens if you make it smaller, bigger. And often what will happen is, okay, what happens if you get a remote control and you decrease the size of that ball? What happens then? And like, oh, it feels completely different or it feels worse. It's really interesting how you can play around with, feelings that come up for clients feelings that come up for people and giving them permission to change them make them different mm. can it often often help release things as well but with the with the money mindset example um generally as well I find that with the money thing again that comes down to because we we all want to feel abundant and have the sort of financial success that we desire I know I do um, and it's going to happen for everyone in different ways. It's, I think, allowing yourself to let go of expectations of how you should make money or should be making money and try and build the trust that it will happen for you because you're worthy of it and you're working towards what you desire. But generally, if you're not making the sort of money that you want, then you definitely need to look at, do I feel worthy? of making the amount of money that I desire for myself Um, because often that worth piece as well or maybe you haven't experienced maybe in your family unit there wasn't much money in your unit or it came and it went and it was volatile Um, there's the element of do I feel worthy and am I safe like what do I need to feel safe with my finances Um, how would you know if you didn't feel worthy for example what behaviors would be coming out for example so it's it's things like okay so if we're using it as a business example um you might be sabotaging your money energy by saying something like I want to release I really want to book out my one-on-ones and then automatically thinking that it's never going to happen for me right so it's a mindset thing that you don't believe it's possible yeah you don't believe it's possible or it's possible for other people not for me it's never going to happen for me you know but of course it's never going to happen because I never have any money anyway or you might find if it depends how kind of um on whereabouts on the spectrum you are with spirituality I think and the idea of manifestation it could also be that you find patterns coming up where you're always maybe getting random bills and you get random bills and you panic every time that you get these bills and they always get you into this state of fight or flight. Oh my God, I can't handle it. So if you're panicking when you're having to pay a bill or maybe you um, go out with your friends and every time you go out with your friends, 
you're worrying about how much money you're spending and if you can afford it. Um, not wanting to pick something or getting anxious about what you're going to eat because of the amount of money it's going to cost. Rather than allowing yourself to say, okay, I'm going to let myself have this one night out because, you know, money is tight at the moment. We've got this whole living crisis thing going on. There's going to be so many triggers, I think, right, yeah. with money at the moment. We don't know. Things need to settle. Like The world is volatile at the moment and we haven't had a sense of settling. So finances are going to be quite a big thing for everyone. And finding your sense of groundedness and calm in a time when everything around us is quite volatile could be really really tricky so there's building up the element of I I am worthy to desire more I'm allowed to desire more I'm grateful for what I have I can make this work I can manage trying to build up those feelings of empowerment within yourself that you can handle what comes your way and if something like I hadn't unexpected dentist bill the other day I need to have quite a few fillings more than I expected and it's going to cost a fair amount of money and the old the old me would have panicked like oh my god like I don't have the money like where what am I going to do where's this going to come from and through doing the work and working on how much my nervous system can handle and making sure that it's kind of grounded and aligned the bill came I was like okay it's not ideal at this moment in time but I can make it work so you kind of get yourself to a place where you're not automatically triggered and instead can handle when you get a, something that might have triggered you previously, you can handle it from this kind of calm, grounded place. What does that enable? Is that like you getting stronger in your money mindset that allows you to then hold more? Or Yeah, I think it, it, it enables you to desire more, but not from a place of lack. Right. Okay. So yeah, the trigger is, is around it not being there and worrying and when your nervous system is, in, I guess, in that state, then the ability to receive more or... It's like a panic of, I need, I need more money. I need more money sort of thing, rather than I am going to be abundant and I am going to do what it takes to bring this abundance of finance to me because I'm worthy of it and I'm doing the work and I'm putting amazing offers out there or I'm interviewing for jobs that I feel worthy of that are going to pay me more money and you're it's almost sitting in a receiving energy you're putting out this energy of I deserve this come to me rather than like I need this how do I get it yeah okay so it's just it's receiving it from a completely different place yeah so one last question, what I sometimes see with clients is they have all of the strategy that they need, like they know what they have to do, but mm -hmm. then they're like doing it. I mean, obviously it's a broad question, but I mean, is that a, would you describe that as a potential mindset piece or? Yeah, I do think that that is an interesting one. And I know previously that I've done that before, like the year, when I first started getting into stuff and everyone was like, oh, you should meditate. And I was like, ugh, God, I don't know if I can be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> I, I think it can be a mindset thing, but I also think it's just a question of like habit. So any starting any new habit can be difficult because we are we are creatures of familiarity, I think, as well. So when you, you know, and life gets busy, 
Yeah. So when you're living your life, you get up at a certain time and um, you go to work and you've got to get the train to work and then you're at work and you're at work nine to five or whatever it is, however your day is set up, we get so used to it being that way that to add in something new can just be difficult from a sense of like trying to create a new habit. Um, and it's, it is difficult. Like it, it, it's not necessarily going to be really easy to and that's why I think when you do a, a coaching container, right, and you have, if you're starting your journey working with a coach and you have that three months together, you have the accountability. Yeah. You have someone there saying, how are you feeling? What are you doing? You can touch in with them when something's not feeling good. And it, it gives you that kind of motivation and, and push to kind of actually do the work because you're being held accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to find that, like, everyone was like morning routine you've got to have a really good morning routine and I'm like I hate getting up early so <laughs> this I I just and I'd start it for a bit it'd be great and then I wouldn't I just love my sleep I don't want to get up at half past six yeah to do my morning routine yeah. I just don't want to do it and then there is an argument that like well if you had a long-term vision of like oh we're playing the long game you do it and I totally get that but I find it's, it was easier for me to just trying to begin with find five minutes in my day where I could sit and even just breathe close my eyes breathe for five minutes and then journal on that and then done and then I built up from there and I found meditations that I liked um you know I listened to some Joe Dispenza meditations some of them I don't because he does this weird like shouty voice I'm like that's not going to work for me so I don't listen to those I'd go on insight timer and find some people with voices that I like like rather than being like I have to sit down for 20 minutes a day to do my meditation at this time making it a chore it, yes it makes it a chore and I've to try and like find the thing that works other yeah it becomes this chore where you're like I just have to do this thing and I don't want to whereas you need to try and get it to a place where you're like oh, I'm going to enjoy a little bit of juicy 20-minute me time. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna write about my future vision. Oh, I'm going to listen to some music that really gets me going. Maybe I'll dance around my room for a bit. Bob's your uncle. I'm feeling great. Yeah. Like, it's just like finding it in a playful way, yeah. some, the thing that works for you. Yeah, that's so true, I think, as well. Because, like, I've never been one to, like, daily habits, daily routines or, like, um and I've often just I've I've often thought oh you're so lazy like just getting that Mm. you know um but actually what I realize now like at the minute sometimes when I wake up recently I've just not felt that great like I've just been in what I describe as a bit of like an emotional low and it takes me a few hours to like wake up and really get into the day and like I, I, and I know because I know myself like I know that I just go through these phases where I just dip emotionally and like I don't want to have to force myself I think as human beings like oh, like yes it and bringing Aussie up like I could see the benefit of like structure and like you know giving ourselves a container for the day of just like where the energy can like there's there's somewhere for the energy to kind of go rather than it just being all out here and unstructured and just chaotic. Mm. Um, but then I think that has to be married with like, okay, meeting yourself where you are in the moment as a human who's moving through this experience of life that can just be messy and like maybe there's just today's just not the time for journaling and yeah, just yeah, meeting ourselves there. But then 
I don't know if that's just an excuse for like not having a consistent journaling practice. <laughs> well, no, I think I think what what I there are so many different things to do that we can try that are beneficial, that are science backed, that you know whatever. There's so many different things, and I think that it's about finding what works for you. Take what works for you and run with that, rather than feel like you have to do something because someone said or written a book about how how good it is. Yeah. Um, and like you say, human beings moving through the world that have got lots going on. And especially if you're a mom, you have a little one to bring up whilst also trying to honour your desires and then also think about your family and the unit. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And if all you can do that day is look at the picture or listen to one song that makes you feel really yeah. grateful in that moment and it was three minutes of your time that's absolutely fine yeah like that is just as good listening to that that song that reminds you of a holiday you went on with Ozzy and your partner and then in three minutes time you're like oh that was nice I needed that that was great and then you know move on like it, it's about what works for you and honoring that rather than trying to fit yourself into what everyone says you know you should be doing amazing why don't you let us know like um where to find you and what sort of um yeah what you're currently putting out into the world yes so you can find me on instagram that's at charlie surridge and that's c-h-a-r-l-e-y-s-u-r-r-i-d-g-e and um yes yeah, so i'm working on um well, I know you've experienced my my juicy visualization, but I'm going to be launching that soon, which is my 60-minute guided visualization with my secret source, that is music. And what we do is work together to help you really connect to that future vision that you have for yourself and get you to a place of really believing that that is possible, that you can handle it, that you're excited by it again using that subconscious work so creating that vision for your subconscious to see makes it excited like it wants it wants to get there because it's an exciting thing love it and I can really recommend I've had a session with Charlie and it was incredible and I still now think about the vision that kind of came up and um yeah that motivates me when I have like wobbles I'm glad amazing okay cool well thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me my pleasure and we'll speak soon definitely all right Libby